Okay, we are again on page 34, about 10 lines from the end of chapter 12, by the period, V'chein B'dvorim. And what he's talking here about is the Benini, which is of course the uh, focal point of the book of Tanya. Um, as we discussed a number of times, Benini literally means the intermediate person. In Tanya language, it means the person who struggles, who struggles every day, which is the vast majority of us, of people, aside from the Tzaddik, the one who's able to vanquish all bad, and aside from the Russia, who's like way out there, most people are struggling. And we described last week that although a Benini struggles every day, there, the ta- there's one time during the day that a Benini doesn't need a struggle, or in a sense, in really? one time of the day that he's like, he, he's like Tzaddik-like, which is during prayer, during davening. Because one, if one prays correctly, if one davens correctly, one is able to awaken feelings of avas Hashem, or love of Hashem, fear of Hashem. Because um, love and fear of Hashem are really permanent mitzvahs. They're constant mitzvahs, but you don't walk around a whole day in the state of loving Hashem. Throughout the day you're busy with a lot of different stuff. The way, the way we're supposed to pray. Right. Like when, I'm doing, when, I, when I pray, that's when I struggle as well. Eh, I don't believe it. Anyway, <laughs> but... Um, but the idea is that during davening is when we're able to fulfill the mitzvah of, as we say in the Kriyashma, awakening the feelings of the heart. So during davening is a time when a baby perhaps might be able to graduate the struggle, so to speak. But after davening is back, you know, it's back to the real world, and there's going to be that struggle. But the baby does have the ability to always win the struggle. And that's the key idea. The key idea is there's nothing wrong with struggling. The question is, are we winning the struggle or, 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 or failing the struggle? That's the issue. So he discussed that the Benin is able to overcome that struggle, whether it's in action, as far as doing the right things and not doing the wrong things, in speech, saying the right things, not saying the wrong things, and even with our mind. The Benin is one who's in control of their mind, meaning that although negative thoughts might fall into my mind, but I make the conscious decision, am I going to go there or am I not? Am I going to dwell on it or not? Right? The thought's going to come to the mind because I... I have an animal soul. I'm a regular person. I'm a Benini. But do I dwell on it or do I press delete? That's the question of the Benini. So last week we discussed about those thoughts that come to us that are thoughts that are sinful thoughts. Today he's going to discuss there's a different type of sinful thought but sometimes we don't recognize it as sinful. And that is negative thoughts about other people. Right? Not a vera thoughts. Not thoughts of sin or you know, the regular typical sin. But thinking badly about people or thoughts of anger, or thoughts of jealousy, and especially thoughts of justified anger. Because many times we have good reason to be upset with someone. They hurt us, they did something bad to us, something, and perhaps they were attacking wrong. And therefore we might dwell in our mind on my upsetness or anger, or even worse, about the other person. That is also considered a thought of an Averi. Just like dwelling on negative thoughts uh, with Averis that Hashem said not to do, dwelling on negativity between people is also an Averis. And the Benini is one who's able to control themselves not to go there. And this is perhaps one of the most difficult things. It might be harder sometimes to control our mind from thinking negatively about others than control our mind of doing other Averis. Because that's human nature. And that's what he discusses in these last few lines of the period. V'chein. Again, Last week, as Ari remembered, we were like almost finished, but I, I didn't want to read this quickly because it's such a powerful idea. It says, The same as when you talk about things that are between one person and their friend and another person. As soon as it comes up from the heart to the mind, and, and again, it, the heart is constantly sending up feelings and messages. That's normal. 
Ezutina v'sina chas v'shom. A hatred, a bad feeling, heaven forbid. Oyezakina, or jealousy. Oykas, or anger. Oykpeda. What's the proper translation for kipeda? Um, I don't have the English over there. After anger. A grudge. A grudge, excellent. A grudge. So he's talking about anger, upsetness, jealousy, a grudge, videmehen, or anything similar. So the Benini, the one who's on top of their struggle, has the ability to, yeah, I get that anger feeling. I push it away. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to dwell on grudges. I'm not going to dwell on, um, on anger. I'm not going to dwell on hatred. Va'adira, to the contrary. Not only I won't dwell on it, Hamoyach shalit, the mind has the ability to rule. Umoysha, and to be a king over over the feelings of the heart, to respond in an opposite way. In other words, opposite of that anger or that grudge or that jealousy, to decide that I'm going to deal with my friend in an opposite way. And here we have, again, an idea that's beautiful and very, very difficult to uh, actually implement. But that is the idea to repay to repay, someone hurt me. Someone did bad to me. Someone, um, you know, so, so, what? Wronged. Wronged me, right? Someone wronged me. So I could either, so I have two approaches, or three approaches. One is I'll be angry and I'll think of how I get them back and I'll be, uh, you know, beer a grudge. That's one. Another person says, you know what? I won't go there. I'm not going to be angry and beer a grudge. I'll just ignore them. I won't have a shaykhist What's the greatest smile? The greatest smile is to befriend him and to be good to him and to be nice to him and to be loving to him. But he hurt me. So where is the best example or the greatest example in the Torah for this concept? Rachel Leah. She said she was quiet. Rachel Leah. But where does one hurt the other? Le- well, not intentionally, but Leah, like took the brachos and she was quiet and she could have this. And okay, I, but I'm thinking something far more extreme. Think the same Torah, same book of the Torah, Yosef and his brothers. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yosef and his brothers, we have here what what has to be one of the one of the harshest stories in the Torah. We have ten brothers who they want to actually kill their brother. And then they decide instead of killing him, let's make some money off him and they sell him into slavery. And that's what happens. As hard as 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 hard as it is for us to relate to the story, that's the story of the Torah. And then the tables are totally turned, and these ten brothers who tried to kill him and sell him to slavery end up totally at his mercy, because he's the king. And what does he do? He cares for them, and he cares for their family, and he gives them yeah, food. Yeah, but he made him sweat a little bit. He made him sweat, but every mafayr says that was for tshuva. It was, it was for their tshuva? It was for their tshuva, in order for them to have kapar, in order for them to be able to say that we, uh, that we regret what we did to our brother. As soon as he saw that they were earnest about that, it was all over, he took care of them for the rest of their lives. For them and their families and their kids and their eight o'clock, he took care of them. And these are the people who tried to kill him and tried to sell him. And he didn't hurt them. I mean, even he made them sweat. That was it. He never did anything to hurt them. And he could have done whatever he wanted. So the Zayar, by Rashim Bar Yochai, who you still have to see if you can make it to him. I would think, whatever, I mean, I'm not running the trip. 
to miss a, the opportunity to go to Shem Berchai if you're so close. But then, okay, listen, I'm not mixing it. Although I already did. But, <laughs> my father is famous for this. You know, I don't talk about politics, but... <laughs> um, but anyhow, so, so the Zayar, Roshim Berchai, says that this becomes a lesson for all generations. Lil mi Yosef. To learn from Yosef how to be able to return love and kindness even when one was honestly hurt by the other. We'll, we'll discuss soon how that's possible, how it even makes sense. But that's what he says here. He says, and I, I'm going back a line, Va'adirabba, to the contrary, Hamoyach shalit The mind has the ability to overcome and to rule over the spirit of the heart. Lasis ha'hepech mamash, to do the exact opposite of what the natural feeling would be. Lisnaig im chaveirov bemidas chesed v'chiba yiseira moidasli. To, to, um, to behave with one's friends, or peers, with kindness, and an additional measure of love, to be able to, one, has, one is, suffers from another. Is, it, is this talking about just average, talking to the regular friend, or specifically somebody who wronged me? No, we're talking about someone who wronged wrong us. That even someone who wronged me and I suffer from him. Not to get angry, heaven forbid, Powerful words. He says, getting angry, the Altar calls it like chas v'shalom. V'gam shaloi l'shalem loi kipa'olei chas v'shalom. And also not to repay him. According to his behavior, heaven forbid. To the contrary, ligmal l'chayovim toivos. To do good, to, to, to repay with, to those who are really their, their chayiv, and as really they owe you so much, and they've been so, so difficult to you. But to repay that with goodness, as the Zayhar writes, to learn from the story of Yosef and his brothers how one could be so wronged by others and yet to return that with kindness and with love. And this is a, obviously a very difficult thing in life. And Dalteva finishes the Benini struggle with this. This is, you know, again, so many, many of us uh, associate struggle with different types of sinful thinking. And the Dr. Evans associates it, he talks about that earlier, but says also between people, how am I going to relate to people, specifically when I was wrong, specifically when I was hurt. And the question is, there's really a number of questions, and today this is always, you know, so many questions about this and all these different uh, publications and magazines, um, you know, how to deal with uh, if I was hurt, and how to deal with forgiveness, and all these concepts. But there's, there's a lot about it, I want to talk about two points. One point is, the Altair says not to get angry. Why is it so bad to get angry? Someone hurt me. What's wrong with getting angry? So he brings in, a, in the later section of Tanya, the fourth section of Tanya, what Chazal say, whoever gets angry, that anger is a form of, ida- of, of, of idolatry. Oh, my friend. You're allowed to get, <laughs> upset, allowed to get upset, though. It's upset and angry is two different things. Right. But why, what's the idea? What does that mean? Anger is idolatry. So I mean, obviously, it's very extreme. What is he trying to say? What I'm trying to say is, when a person gets angry, at that moment I forgot that there's someone who orchestrates whatever happens in this world. In other words, if something happened to me, it's because Hashem made it happen to me. Now, and here we come into a very um, fine line, because someone's inevitably going to ask, what do you mean, isn't there something called Bechira? Which means freedom of choice, right? So if someone wronged me, they had freedom of choice to wrong me or not. But that, their freedom of choice was, should they be the one doing it? What happens to me had to happen to me. No one else has freedom of choice over what should happen to me. So we have an interesting belief system which says the following. Let's say uh, Yankel 
he, uh, hurt me. He uh, I don't know, smashed my window. So we believe that Yankov did an Avera. And Yankov will be punished for doing the Avera because he made a bad choice. But my window had to be smashed. If Yankov would have chosen not to do it, someone else would have. And if not someone else, then wind would have done it. Or a rock would fly in from the street. Because nobody has freedom of choice over anybody else. Everyone has freedom of choice over their behaviors. So again, I, one chooses to do an Avera, that's their bad choice, and, and it's their bad. But if someone else was affected, we believe that person was going to be affected regardless. And that's point A about anger, anger management, which is Bahamas remembering that whatever happens to me, I had a bad day. Some days I, had, sometimes I had a day, some days I have a bad day because someone did something to me. Some days because the wind was bad, because something happened, it was nobody's fault. If I had a bad day, that's because Hashem prescribed for me today a bad day, which leads us to the next concept that we believe, Gamzula Tova, of Ein Ra Yorid Lamaila, anything that comes from heaven, is for a good reason ultimately, even if I don't feel it right away. If one truly, truly lives and remembers every minute that whatever happens to me is from Hashem, directly from Hashem, then there's nothing to be angry about it anymore. Because it's not from them, it wasn't their choice, it wasn't their purpose. They, they did an Avera, that's their issue, they have to do Tshuva. But as far as I know what came to me came from Hashem, Gamzul Teva helps me deal with any issue in life. And um, I think we probably all know people who suffer, and maybe suffered a lot, and are happy people. And other people who suffer and go to pieces, and they're angry people, and you can't talk to them. Right? You know, people who you tell them hello, and they like scowl at you. How do you tell me hello? Do you know, do you know I'm having a bad day? <laughs> so, but, but there's, there's two ways of dealing with a bad day. I had someone at my Shabbos table this week. It was, very, it was a very telling moment for me. And I asked him, you know, whatever. He says, how was your week? And he has this broad smile on his face. And since he walked into the house, his broad smile, and he's happy. I said, how was your week? He says, you want to know? I said, yes. He says, terrible. And he has this broad smile on his face. I think maybe he's joking. He said, you don't understand. This has been the worst week I've had in a long time. <laughs> Business, emotional, family, whatever you want. I said, you look so happy. He says, I'm happy. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. But it was just, just the way, the look on the face and what he was telling me were so seemingly unconnected. But that's the Amos. The Amos says a Yid is supposed to be able to be besimcha no matter what happens. And realizing that we're in Hashem's hands. That's the Amos. So that's the first thing about not getting angry. But then there's something even deeper. And that also we learn from the story of Yosef and his brothers. Really, this is not this, the thing I said about someone in my table. I'm serious. I'm not going to say his name here, but it's a person, a person that we know who lives here in Lincolnwood. It was, very, it was a very special lesson for me, the way he said it. Just this Shabbos. It wasn't someone at the table. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, the next point is the following. Yosef's brothers, going back to the Chumash themselves, Yosef's brothers came to him and they said... We hope you're not angry and you'll forgive us. Remember, it says after Yaakov died, they were really afraid because they felt maybe as long as Yaakov was alive, so Yosef was nice to them, you know, uh, you know respecting his father. But after Yaakov died, you know, who knows? All bets are off. What's he going to do to us now? So the Pasuk describes that they came to him and they bowed to him and they said, you know, uh, please, you know, don't do bad to us, whatever. After Yaakov died. After Yaakov died. After Yaakov died. After the burial. And they all went up to, to Mars Machpelah and they buried him. You're going to Mars Machpelah? Chevron? No. They're getting brachas from the living. I may be going. Okay, listen. Sadiqin is no small impression. The truth is, in five days, you can't do everything in Israel. Like I said, there's so, there's so much there. Different siblings also, I gotta say. Yeah, I go, when I'm there every year, so I'm there for eight weeks, so it's different. It's different. There's no time. See no your time. siblings and see your parents. Yeah. 
Anyways, point is, they brought Yaakov up to Mar Samachbela. They came back down. And then the Torah says, they all came to him and they cried and they bowed and everything. What does Yosef answer them? What is he? And this very powerful words in the Torah. Yosef says, You guys didn't send me here. Hashem sent me here. And, and he made me the king of Egypt through this. In other words, he turned to them and says, you guys did something bad to me? But you guys made me the king of Egypt. Why are we running from a tzaddik? I mean, he was a tzaddik. We were talking about Benoni. I know, but the concepts we have to learn from them. You know, there's one thing of being on that level. Another thing is, the Torah tells us it in order for us to try to emulate to some degree as much as we can. It's funny that the person that we pick is the one person who's actually called a tzaddik. Emes, Emes. <laughs> but we learn from our tzaddikim. You know, the behavior of a tzaddik is the behavior of a bandit. Right? It's the same behavior. The behavior is the same, but the feelings are different. That's true. But you have to understand, the reason we have tzaddikim is so we're meant to learn from our tzaddikim. It's not just like, wow, they're so great and wonderful and holy, so they're removed and we're separate. We're supposed to learn from them. Um, I remember the Rebbe was once talking about it. a tzaddik. He said a story about him. He said, so why am I telling stories about these great tzaddikim? They're greater than us. He says, because the tzaddik is like, it says the tzaddik is like the head of our body. And the body follows the head. We're still we're body. It's only a foot, but the foot follows the head. The, the, the Zara says, Basar Reisha Gufa Azil. After the head goes, follows along the body. We have to learn from our tzaddikim. So Yetzirah Tzaddik is telling the brothers, he says, you guys think you did something bad to me? You give me the biggest gift in the world. Really, I'm thankful to you, says Yosef to his brothers, because unknowingly, you were the agents of Hashem that brought me to my present state of greatness. In other words, when we believe of Gamzula Toiva, then we know, yes, that person... They, they thought bad, they had a bad, um, they, had a, you know, they, they made a bad choice and they tried to wrong me and hurt me. Ultimately, whatever happened is from Hashem and is for my better. And when one is able to take that and realize that the difficulties of life make us greater people. And many times we see that, like in the story of Yosef Asadik, that's where we saw it quite openly, being sold into slavery brought him to be the king of, uh, of the uh, greatest country of the world. And he was able to recognize that and he was able to tell his brothers who sold him there, thank you. Thank you for being the agents of Hashem that brought me to a place that I never would have been without you. Do you think that Yosef ever had moments? It's obviously, it's easier always to, uh, to, be, to think good when you're thinking that when he was in the pit. But do you yeah. think he had those feelings when he was in the pit? That's a very Stunna. good question. Stunna. I mean, I'm sure he did. But I don't know, I know a place in the Chumash I can't prove it. We didn't record it. But, one, but <laughs> one thing we know, one thing we know is that wherever Yosef was, he was happy and he was on top of the situation. That the Torah tells us. He was in the house of Potiphar, right? Everyone saw he was uh, Ish Matzliach and they made him in charge of the house. Wait, how could he be at Sadiq? He struggled with Potiphar. You, um, I'm not sure. Right? Okay. Every even a tzaddik, even a tzaddik has the concept of bechira chafshis. Bechira means the power of choosing to do a mitzvah naver applies to every yid at every point in time. Even a person who naturally their yitzhara is not there anymore, whatever, there is the concept of bechira. Just like we have the power of freedom of choice to do something drastically good, way better than where, where we're really at. A tzaddik has the power of Bechira to do something really bad. You know, we've had in our history tzaddikim who went bad. Any, any thoughts? Who's, okay. the, who's known as a great tzaddik? Acher Elisha ben Avuya, right? Or Menashe? Or, um, 
or uh, Yishmael Kohen Gadol, who became a tzedoki. Don't get me started. <laughs> not many, not many. But there is that concept. That's why there is a, a statement of Pirkei Avos, Al Tamin Ba'atzmecha Ad Yom Moscha. Don't believe in yourself the day you die. Even if you're a tzaddik. Even if you're a tzaddik, there's an Isser of Yichud. Right? Of being alone with a woman in a house, alone, the greatest tzaddik in the world. In other words, there is a concept of Bechira. So that, I see you're not fully uh, taking the answer. I don't understand why would it even struggle with the choice. Because I thought we learned a tzaddik like wouldn't even want to do because it would taste bad and just the thought of it. True. So there is the concept that there's natural struggles that people have. A tzaddik is not part of those natural struggles. But there's also like a Russia who's really really bad and could choose to be good, and a tzaddik who's really really good could choose to be bad. Even though naturally, so to say, the cards are stacked against that, the power of Bechira is beyond all natural um, equations. You could also say maybe was, he was alone in that house with her, right? He was. So even though if you're at Sadek, you still have to follow the laws. You can't be alone. That's Otherwise, true. that's going to... That alone could, that alone could lead it. You right. may not think about it when you're following the laws. Right. Is Sadek able to, like, sometimes... In the Gemara, there's a machlech. In the Gemara, there's a machlech about what Yosef was thinking about. Well, wasn't, he, wasn't he about to give in to the end? There's two shidas. In the Gemara, Rav and Shmuel. Rav and Shmuel. One says yes, one says no. But at the end, he didn't. At the holidays, he didn't. And that's the, that's the Pusik. He, he saw the Pusik. He saw the He pictured his father's uh, uh, face in the, the window. Did you have a couple or something where he saw a couple walking ahead and they split? They're not a couple, a man and a woman? No, right. Isn't it's a Gemara, like Gemara. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he says... Uh, but they were at such a great level. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right. Anyways, back, back here, let's just finish up what he's saying over here. Is telling us that that is the koyach that we learn from Yosef. And that every person, even if we're not Sadiqim, even regular people, have that ability to learn that ability of treating even people who hurt me with real ava, with real chesed. Now, of course, it's important to point out that doesn't mean that I should continue looking to be hurt. Every person, you have to protect yourself, you have to take care of yourself. We're talking about that's done, I'm finished with that, right? They're not, they're not in the position to hurt me anymore. The question is now, am I going to you know, bear a grudge every day? Am I going to be angry every day? We're not going to be able to get over it and realize that that was from Hashem and they were agents for it and hopefully they'll do tshuva and I try to reach out to them help them do tshuva. But um, to be able to recognize that every yid has a neshama and every person has a good part even if sometimes their bad part is uh, pretty, pretty dominant. And that's how he finishes Perikid base. Okay? Let's start a little bit of Perikid Gimel. We have some time still, right? Can I, can I ask another question about yes. and Sadiqim, the nature of the time? Yeah. What, what was the nature of Avraham's Tests and him being a tzaddik. Like, why would it? Why would it tzaddik? Well, well, but the don't you have to become a tzaddik? Right. That was maybe. So he wasn't a tzaddik until after the Kedah. I, no. I don't. I don't know. We if we know what day a person graduates and becomes a tzaddik, but it's clear from Tanya that a tzaddik is a big avoda to get there. Right. Avraham Avinu spent his life becoming. Right. Avraham at the beginning was an idol worshiper because that's what he grew up with. That's what he had in his parents' home. He discovered God and he discovered monotheism. Um, and Hashem brought him step by step up, you know, upward and upward. And those uh, tests helped you know, catapult him, bring him to that level. So at what point exactly did he become a tzaddik? I don't know. But it says he was tested ten times. The last test was the Akedah. So that wasn't at the end of his life. That was many, many years before the end of his life. Afterward, it doesn't seem he was tested. It says, So those tests helped him find and, and reach the greatest level within himself. So maybe Potiphar is like that for Yosef. Right. Could be. Possibly. Possibly. 
Can a tzaddik become a benoni? Well, I said before a tzaddik can become a rasha. Yeah, why not? So then maybe that's what happened, you know? It's interesting that it says, it does, you're, you're saying this as a joke. It's brought down that there is a Milo, there is an advantage in the avoid of the Benini over the Tzadik. Because the Benini has to struggle, and he's struggling every day, and that struggle takes a lot of strength, which reaches very deeply into the Neshama. So it's brought down that Sadiqim sometimes, even though on their own they have zero interest in anything negative, they'll try to arouse within themselves some type of a, an appreciation of something negative mm-hmm. in order to be able to break it to have the mile of the void of the scaffold. That's what I do, yeah. That's why the Reverend maybe went to college. Listen, now you're going way beyond. He went there so he can connect with the world. I remember some rabbi was telling me. He liked to read the papers sometimes or see the headlines of the sports section just so he could appreciate the fact that he doesn't care about it anymore. He doesn't doesn't want to know. Listen, there's a reason why we're learning the book of (laughs) Benjamin. Let's leave the Tzadikim discussion for the book of Tzadikim. I'll give that cheer on a different night. (laughs) Anyhow, okay. What is that? that? (laughs) Yeah, it was burnt up. The whole story about it. Because after he wrote the book of the Benjamin, he also wrote a book for Tzadikim. It was called Safer Shots. Oh, really, no, he really did. But there's a joke in Chassidus. I mean, not a joke. They're just saying the thing that, that Sadiqim, they said the name of Malach is for Sadiqim, Tanya is for the Bernim, and Benachman is for the Shem. <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not like what we think is up and what's bottom is really up bottom. Like, you never know. <laughs> This, the story with the book of Sadiqim is that the author ever wrote a book of Sadiqim and then he was visited by another tzaddik, a colleague known as the Shpeller Zayda. You heard of the Shpeller Zayda? Yeah, he was very against Rabbi Nachman. Was he? Very against. Well, now you know what? After what you just said. <laughs> the book of <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, so the Shpeller Zayda came to Alter Rebbe and he says, I see, when he says he sees, it means he sees in heaven, that you wrote a book for Sadiqim. The world is not worthy of this book and I'm going to ascend to heaven with it. That's what the Shpala Zayda told Alter Rebbe, and he went back home to the city of Shpala. A short period of time later, the Shpala Zayda passed away in Shpala, and at the same time, a fire broke out in Liadi and burnt a lot of the Alter Rebbe's books, including the book of Sadiqim. So that book never made it. It was written, it was this, but it was burnt up. Obviously, the world wasn't uh, ready for it or didn't need it, one or the other, probably both. Parakut Gimel, chapter 13, let's begin the chapter. That's it. That's it. That's it. With this, we'll understand this that Chazal say in the Gemara. When the Gemara describes the Benini, it says that he has two sides, and both those two sides are both Shoiftin. What's a Shoifet? Shoifet is a judge. A judge. So the two, he has two, Benini has two judges going on, going on the side. The, the good and evil inclination. Excuse me. Dechsev, as the Pasik says, I believe it's in Tehillim, Ki that Hashem stands to the right of a poor person, to help save him from the judges of his soul. So that, that Pasik, the judges of the soul, refer to the Yetzir Tov and Yetzir Hara, they're the two judges. Why would you have to say from the Yetzir Tov? Good question, good question. I guess Lahishia, the, the, the two Shoftim are fighting over who's going to win. So I save you from that fight. 
But you're right. I mean, I, but I guess that's what I have to understand. It. There's the Shoftim who are fighting, and I save him from that fight, and I help him do, do what's the best for him. Now, but the Alter Rebbe's idea here is, V'loi amru Every word in Torah is exact. The Gemara doesn't say that there's two rulers in a person. It says there's two judges. What's the difference between a ruler and a judge? A judge voices an opinion. The ruler says what's going to be. I have in mind, whenever a question comes up, what am I going to do? What am I going to do about uh, a certain act, a certain speech, a certain thinking? What am I gonna do? So one judge says, I think you should do this. One judge says, yeah, I think you should do that. It's up to us to make the final decision. The ruling decision is not by either of the judges. That's, I have the ability to rule on their judgments. He says, Ki if there would be rulership, a kingdom, from the Yetzir Hara over the small city, meaning the body, even for a little bit of time, when my Yetzir Hara is ruling, I'm a Russia. It means I'm doing an Avera. And that's not the Benini. The Benini doesn't let the Yetzir Hara rule. And therefore, Eli Yetzir Hara, in Iraq, al Mashal, Kimai Shafet Vidayan. The Yitzhar is like a ruler. I'm sorry, it's not a ruler. It's like, it's like a judge. A Dayan. Um, a Dayan is also a judge, right? How do you attach a Dayan? Yeah, a Dayan is a judge. A Shafet, a Dayan. Ha'oymer daite b'mishpat, he says his opinion in, ju- in judgment. V'yafal became, but nevertheless, yachal liyos, shaloy yiyeh psak halacha kach lemaisa. Mivneshi yash oid Shafet. V'dayan achilakalov. So Judge A gives his you know, opinion, but there's Judge B. So just because Judge A said something, that doesn't mean that the ruling is going to be according to him. One has to decide between the judges. The ultimate halacha is going to be according to the one who rules between the judges. That's the same thing going on within ourselves. The Yitzhahara gives its opinion in the left side of the heart, as we discussed. From the heart, it comes up to the mind. To think about it. So basically, my Yitzhahara, my heart, says, I want something. I want it now. And it sends it up to my mind, and my mind starts thinking, maybe I should go for it. And immediately, the second judge argues. This is the godly soul that's, that's, that's based in the mind. And then it spreads to the right side of the heart. And that's the place of the Yitzhah Taif. So, so we have this uh, judgment. Where does the blood flow through first in the heart? The left side or the right side? It seems the left side. The left side is more the source of blood. The, li- the right side is already the blood that comes that's already tempered, pure, and so on. The blood goes through the left side first and already goes through the entrance of the evil, right? Right. That's why, the, that's why blood is midas is more typically prone to the tithes, to the desires. And, only, and it's a way out, does it go through the good side? Because the mind is able to temper that and say what's going what's gonna to go and what's not going to go. Right? So the midos are primarily... It makes sense in the opposite, so we can like infuse with goodness. Now, when time we get out, it's like, oh, the badness is like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but that's not the way Hashem made it. Hashem, Hashem made us, mida, our emotions are prone to animal desires. That's where our emotions, that's the more natural emotions that we have. And our mind has to temper that and educate our midas to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to create proper midas. 
Vahalacha kedivre hamachria. The halacha is the decider. Who's the decider? Who helps me decide? I have this big machlekes going on inside of me. So, so what does it say? No, the ma'ach is fighting the lave though. So, so who's going to help me make sure that ma'ach overcomes? So, what does it say back in that pasuk of Tehillim on the third line of the parik? Kiyamoid limin evian. Hashem stands at the right side and helps me. Hashem gives us that ability to tilt in the right direction. Who's there to help our Yitzhar Toiv? Kemaimer Azal, as Chazal say, Ilmole HaKadosh Baruch Hu Oizroi, Ein Yochelloi. If a person wouldn't have the help of Hashem, it would, would, would be impossible. Because the battle would be too great to win every day if I don't have a helper. And that helper is Hashem who says, I'm, I'm on your right side. V'ha'ezer, hi ha'ora shemeir oir Hashem al nefesh alikis. The Azer is that, that this, this that Hashem shines unto the godly soul, that it should have an advantage and a power of ruling over on the silliness of the, of the silly Yetzir Hara, like the advantage of like the light of dark, Kanal, Kinizkalel, as explained earlier, based on the Pasuk of Shlomo. Is there a time when he stops helping? If you do the same thing over and over and over and over again, and you always... So it's a good question. It definitely becomes more difficult to feel that help. Um, Averis create a blockage, and that blockage makes it more and more difficult. And that's why we have like the ultimate extreme to that is like Paro, who was so bad that Hashem hardened his heart, so he didn't hear reason anymore. But in a um, yeah, that's the issue. The Rambam Rice talks about that. He says that Sadiqim always daven that they should never lose their help, their ability to overcome. They should never become sunk into problems. You know, Averu Gerera Saveru. One of pulls another one, so it becomes more and more difficult to feel that. But ultimately, we believe that a person who wants to do good, no matter what, Hashem will be there to help him out. And that's the power of tshuva. But tzaddikim pray for them to never be overcome. I'm sorry? The tzaddikim, the Rambam writes that they should never... Well, when the Rambam says tzaddikim, it doesn't necessarily mean tzaddik tzaddik. Okay, so okay. But it says that people who are righteous are always praying that, they, that the negative deeds should never weigh them down to make it more difficult to do the right thing. Because negativity weighs us down. Avera's way is down. So it's harder to hear that azer, that help that Hashem gives us when we're so bogged down. So we try to, to do tshuva and get that out of the way to, uh, you know, to make it lighter, to make us easier to make the right decisions. What time is it? It's about 45. Okay. Um, you know what? Let's read a few, let's, let's read a few, a few words of this. Um, so, was that, sorry? Cool. Right, so you're finishing time early. You weren't here at the beginning? I said, tonight is a special night in Chabad. It's Call the birthday of the fifth. Whose birthday? The Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab, whose name was? Shimon. Uh, you were doing good tonight. <laughs> Shmuel. Uh, also not. Something meant David. No, also not, and also not. Shalom Dov Ber. Right here we have a Shalom Dov Ber. And Arya Leibish Moshe, a lady. Who's that? He was the guy that I, I, Oh, that's <laughs> your father. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so this is Rav Shalom Dov Ber. Um, Can't forget the Labish. I love the Labish. Who passed away in 1920. In 1920 in Rostov, which is white Russia, and that's where he's buried. He was the fifth Rebbe of Chabad. And in Chabad, he's famous, I said earlier, primarily... For opening, he founded the Chabad Yeshiva system. 
called Tomchei Tzmimim. Is there a Rastav Chassidim? Is that a thing? No. Healthy? There's a Rastav Nigan, though. Yes, that's his. That's the Rebbe Rashab's Nigan. Oh, okay. That's called the Rastav Nigan. That's the Chabad Nigan. Chabad Nigan. Yeah. Shalom Dov Ber Lubavitch. Shalom there was actually a Dover. The, the Mazrusha Magid is Dover. The Alter Rebbe's son is Dover, the second Rebbe of Chabad. And then Shalom Dover is the fifth Rebbe of Chabad. I'm sure you're, the Shalom Dover comes from the Rebbe Rashab at some point. Shalom Ber Gordon. But I guess Who he was, the Rebbe Rashab. Who do you have to Shalom Ber Gordon? My mother came from. No. Oh, he's my great uncle. Okay. Um, I didn't know there was a connection there. Well, Maple, 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 Maplewood, New Jersey. Yeah, that's where she's from. Are you guys related? Yeah. Wow, I'm pretty sure he's your nephew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember No, not related, but his, his, I'm saying, this is my wife's great uncle, who you're saying was instrumental in making your mother from. Yeah. Oh, oh I thought you were related. Really he was a very special year. Do you know about him a little bit? No. Oh. Tell you a quick story about him? Sure. So he was, he was, um, at the end of his life, he was diagnosed with cancer, a severe cancer. Um, and they, uh, they had to do a surgery that was very, very... What's the word? Risky? Very, it's not going to be risky. It was pivotal. It was going to make a decision. It was basically, they were going to open up and see. And the whole family gathered. They knew this might be the end. Or it might give them a chance. And the doctors told them beforehand that if it's a lengthy surgery, that's a good sign. Because then there's what to do. If it's a short surgery, that means that they open up and the son's nothing to do. And the family was gathered, his sons and everything in the hospital, and they and that's they open him up and the surgery was finished 15 minutes later. And they knew that this meant that it was over. Um, they're all sitting there, and the doctor came in. And he the doctor came into the room. They were surrounding their father as he was coming to. And this doctor was a Jewish guy who lived there in Maplewood, New Jersey. And this Schellenberg Gordon is a Jewish doctor, had many times come to the hospital and tried to put on tefillin with him or something, because he was a chaplain. But he, he was not interested. He was the top doctor in the uh, hospital. He was not interested in anything. Nice guy, but not interested. So anyways, now, so now it's after the surgery and the family has gathered, and this Rabbi Gordon is, is coming back to himself. He's, he's, uh, he's getting out of the uh, anesthesia. The doctor comes in, and he's... The doctor is broken. He says, you know, Rabbi and family... I have nothing to tell you. As far as doctors are concerned, we're finished. There's nothing we can do over here. If there's anything at all I can do to help you, to anything, tell me. And here he's laying there in the bed. His eyes are just focusing. He says, anything? Yeah. The doctor says, anything I can do. He says, okay, my son is here. He'll put on tefillin with you. <laughs> and he says, how do you argue with that? Right? Here's a person who just got a death sentence. <laughs> he passed away like two weeks later. Wow. But he just got, he knew that this was it. He just got his... Did the doctor sack. Yes, he pulled up his sleeve. Uh, he says, "Rabbi, <laughs> that was that, that was Schoenberg. Oh, that's the mice. Thank you so much. People push out the serious Come from work. That's here. He Daniel also. He leaves from here early because he goes to another shir. Yeah, it's amazing." Anyway, so I want to read a couple of words that Rebbe Hashab wrote when he opened the yeshiva, he wrote this maimah. This maimah he wrote when he opened the Lubavitch yeshiva system. It was the first time there was really, um, for Chabad for sure, a formal yeshiva. But it was one of the first yeshivas in general. Um, yeshiva with a dormitory in Russia. It was, it was a new thing. For sure for Hasidic uh, Russia. And he says, I'll, I'll sort of say in English more than in Hebrew what he says. I'm, I'm translating. He says, let me tell you what's the reason why I'm creating this yeshiva. 
He says, you should know that the reason is not to create another yeshiva so that to have Bachram that should be involved in Torah study. Um, in other words, he says, the reason for our creating this foundation is not so there should be more places to study Torah. But rather, he says, because there's many yeshivas. And there's many yeshivas that are learning Gemara and so on and so forth. But what, the reason we're opening is that the Bachram who are learning the Torah should also work on their year as Shemayim. And they should be Yireim and Shlemim. They should complete with Hashem and His Torah. And he says, I wrote about this in other places, that, I, that the reason that brought me to open a yeshiva is because I saw that the Torah is, in many cases, wearing sackcloth. Because the people who are learning it are not learning it lishma. They're not learning Lashem Shemayim. They're just learning it because it's beautiful, because it's interesting, or to get rabbinical posts. And he says, and a lot of the young people who are learning Torah don't have Yerush Shemayim. And them and their Torah learning are really sunk into negative places. He says, and what's even worse is that many of these people go out and they become the rabbis of the communities because they're knowledgeable. And he says, this type of study of Torah, not for the sake of heaven, and then becoming a rabbi can destroy an entire community. He says, and for this, I was nisayr, to create this yeshiva. And, I, I, and my, my sole intent is to guard the Talmidim from any such type of, of behavior. And to, in, in, uh, to, to uh, implant within them a true feeling of Yiras Hashem and Avas Hashem, fear of Hashem and love of Hashem. And when one studies Torah, one has to know what they're, do, what they're being involved with, that they're learning God's wisdom. And why are we learning? We're learning to live with the Torah that we learn, that the Torah should teach us how to live as people. And that this is the Derech HaChayim. This is Exactly, that's why he called it Kundras Eitz That's the name of this Maimah. The, 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 um, the, the tree of life to remember. And he says, what helps that? What brings us that when we learn, we should learn properly, is when one learns Primius HaTorah. One learns the Esoteric parts of Torah as well. And therefore he says that in this yeshiva we're going to learn a number of hours every day chasidus, the esoteric parts of Torah. That's, that was the greatest uh, differentiation between the Chabad yeshiva and any other yeshiva till today. Mm-hmm. That in the Chabad yeshiva they'll learn two hours or three hours a day chasidus. And he says it was for this reason. Because when you're learning chasidus, you're learning about Hashem. You're learning about Hashem and about Yerushalayim and about, about the way Hashem creates the world and coming closer to Him. He says, even though, of course, still more time of the day is going to go away on learning Nigla, Gemara, and Halacha, but nevertheless, the Chiddush of this yeshiva is that they're going to learn Chiddush, that they'll know Hashem, and through this they'll come to Yiras Hashem and Avas Hashem, as explained at length in this Kuntras. And in, in, in the initial yeshiva in, in, in Lubavish, when he instituted, he says that we're going to learn four hours a day of Chiddush and eight hours a day of Nigla. There's <laughs> 12 hours of learning Aside from davening Aside from davening That's how the yeshiva was 12 hours So they learned 2 hours of chassidus in the morning Then they davened Then they learned 8 hours straight of nigla The, the nigla seder I think was from If I'm not mistaken It was from 11 until 7 Straight, no break There's no lunch There was davening, breakfast They learned from 11 to 7 Supper, then 2 hours of chassidus from 9 to 11. That was the daily schedule. It says, so, <laughs> any, any take, anyone wants to uh, enroll? I, yeah. So he says, a third of the day, the third of the day is going to be Chasidus. <laughs> and he says, and this is what I heard from my father and teacher. Who was his father and teacher? Who is the Rebbe Rashab's father? In other words, who is the fourth Chabad? Rebbe Rashab. 
The Rebbe Reyes was his son. Mm-hmm. Was his Zayda. Maharash. 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 I said Maharash. Huh? <laughs> the, People forget about the Maharash. <laughs> it's in between. The Maharash. The Maharash was Shmuel. My son Shmuel, he's named after him. Maharash. He says, I heard from my father that in the weekdays one should be learning a third Hasidus and two thirds Nigla. And he's... Um, a lot of... I gotta learn more Nigla. <laughs> Yeah. He says, he says, he writes about it. What is that? Like, I listened to like the Mishnah after Shafras. With the Mishnah Barash here. I took up the year by the Mishnah. learning. That is, the, the, he does so dad to have a more Chassidus? No, I, I, I took up a year by the Mishnah just so I can get into Chassidus. Now I know, now I brought to my life tomorrow. But like, you need to take a year. A person has to learn both. A person has, a person has to be, uh, what's the word, balance. You have to have a balance. I'm like the rabbi gives birth to all the time. You can learn Chassidus the whole year. It's going to It's close to getting a pair, huh? It's not like a recording instead of your father. Learn. No, it's not what you should learn from that character. <laughs> what you should learn from that is that, is that Nigla is more important. You want to get... It's not a, it's not, it's, uh, Nigla is more important, but you've got to get the... It's not a question of more important or less important. They're both Hashem's Torah. Right. Both Hashem's But as far as time is concerned, most of the day should be going in Halacha and Nigla Torah. That's what he says. But but yet at the same time... But in order to learn with your is not what you To get into Hasidus, you might need a year. I think what well, he was doing that year was making up for a number of years oh, where it was 100% okay. one That's way. Okay. So he had to, uh, <laughs> had to balance himself out. You slish your yom or slish the day or slish the year. I was slishing a couple of years. You slish <laughs> the third, right? They say mm-hmm. either you're supposed to third your day or third your week or third your month or third year. I just said, you know, I'll learn. Third my life. Third my life. Chasidus. Now this is what happened. A short time after he opened his yeshiva, he called his yeshiva Tom Chetminim. And really, every Chabad Yeshiva today, that exists today, there's, you know, I don't know, 100 Chabad Yeshivas or whatever, or more throughout the world. So every Yeshiva really is under that name, the general name of Tom Chetmimim. Tomech means to support, to Yeshiva as well, yeah. Um, it, it, they all follow the basic guide that was set out in this book. This is the booklet of the Chabad Yeshivas. Again, it was fifth Rebbe. He wrote, he opened the Yeshiva, he wrote the book of how every Yeshiva is going to be set, and every Yeshiva has to follow. If, if you're a Chabad Yeshiva, this is how he set the rules for the Yeshiva. And that's how all Chabad Yeshivas are. What's the Masifta's hours of learning? So it's younger. We're younger boys. This was already for Bismedrish boys. So we'll, but we'll also learn. We'll learn in the morning. The first hour is going to be Chassidus. By but night, the last hour. Can you give me like a break of their, of their day? If you, if you don't mind. The Yeshiva day? Well, they get up early go to Mikvah in the morning. It's another thing about Yeshiva. They all go to the Mikvah in the morning. If any of you have been to any of the Mikvahs, you may, be, you may have been run, run over at some point by the Bakram. Oh, they like come in. Boom. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, so these, awesome. and then they have some people say it's awesome, some people whatever, but we're in the middle of building our own, so we won't be like, menace to the city. I'm like, sorry, I knew when summer's month started when you, your summer vacation was, right? Because I came in, I, I know like, who oh, missed the van, wow. I knew you knew who missed the van. You see him running by in the freezing cold, like, but he won't miss Mikva for it. He doesn't have to. No one's going to mark him late, you know, but um, the boys, they're uh, soldiers. So they learn Chassidus for an hour, 7.30 to 8.30. When, when they tell their, their day stories, when they share their day stories, it's awesome. No, it's, like, on Friday. it's Friday. On Fridays when they come in. Yeah. Yeah. I like Fridays. What do you mean? 7.30, 8.30? No, I'm saying in the mikvah, oh, they the talk mikvah. about, they share their stories with each other. Oh, you went back there? Oh, 7.30, 8.30 is Chassidus? 8.30 is Karbanis, getting ready for Davin, and 9 o'clock is Davening. 
and they dive into again, the classes are somewhat different, Shiralov, Shabes, or Gimel, but the basic idea, so they learn Gemara from about ten thirty till about a quarter to two. And then it, that's Gemara Seder primarily. And then is uh, Mincha and lunch, and then again three fifteen will be again Gemara for an hour and a half. Then will be Halacha for an hour. Um, depending on which class, maybe Tanya for a half hour, then Chumash. And that takes you till the supper break, which is about uh, six thirty, depending on the class. And there's no chesed in the morning. There is before oh, that, seven thirty to eight. Oh, I missed that. That's okay, the first seder. Yeah. After mikvah, yeah. first seder will be chesed. Okay. Uh, and then is davening. Then is breakfast. Then is gemara. Yeah. And then And then at, the, at night again, eight to nine. Yeah. Or 7.30, Yeah, it's the same schedule. <laughs> it's the schedule is, it's it's, it's the same format. The same, same it's definitely format. the same format. Chassidus in the morning, Chassidus by night, yeah. Gemara throughout the day. The format is exactly the same. Awesome. Mikvah in the morning and so on. What happens is, a short, not so long after he opens the yeshivas, is when communism is going to take over Russia. Mm. In Russia, he had, I don't know, a, million, a couple million yidin. And from yidin of every type in yeshivas. The communists closed everything down. The, the regular G'daylim of the of, left, left Russia. They saw there's no future for Yiddishkeit in Russia. Who's going to stay in Russia? Who's going to stay there and who's going to keep Yiddishkeit going? Who's going to be sent to jail and sent to, uh, to be killed um, to make another shul, another mikvah, another thing? The Tamimim. The Boshim Tamimim. Because the only one who didn't leave, the Rebbe Shabbat passed away already. He passed away in 1920. Right? 1917 is when they took over. But, and then it they intensified 1925, 27. Stalin, all these guys... So the Rebbe Shah passes away. His son, the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe Rayas, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, takes over and continues the Tom Chetim, which at this point is ready in a number of locations throughout Russia. And they undertake the task of keeping Terah Mitzvahs going with Mesiris Nefesh. No. And really, the Rebbe Rashab, when he opened the yeshiva, he says, I'm going to open a yeshiva. My purpose is to make soldiers for Hashem. It's not about how smart they are and how many Nesachtas they know by heart. You know, they're going to learn, so they're going to know. But I want mysterious Nefesh. I want soldiers for Hashem. And for that, you have to learn Chassidus. For that, you have to daven properly and learn properly. And he, he created that. And those are the soldiers. Yeah. So those soldiers in Russia them. took on Stalin. Wow. And those soldiers today are taking on the rest of the world. That's the Shluchim in every corner of the earth. What are they doing? Marching orders. In every corner of the earth, in Siberia and wherever you are, that's the people who were brought up with this type of a chinuch of learning about Hashem every day, in the morning and by night, and with that davening and with that learning, and that creates a soldier, an, an, an Evet Hashem. And it's really, the Rebbe Hashem, it's his credit, really, who opened, it's had this far, you know, this far-reaching vision to create thousands and tens of thousands of such people that are brought up, not, with, not just, you know, one tiered of, you know, knowledge of Gemara. Knowledge of Gemara is very special. But to, be a, to, have a, to have that type of a, I'm sorry? Did the Rebbe ever meet the Rebbe Interestingly not. They were diff- totally different parts of Russia, Ukraine, they whatever. The they were alive at the same time. <coughs> Never met. But the Rebbe became very close to the Rebbe Hashem's son, and he became a son-in-law. He became the Friedrich Rebbe's son-in-law. Mm. But never met the Rebbe Hashem. But that was the Rebbe Hashem, definitely, again, like I said earlier, one of the most prolific writers of Hasidus, or maybe the most ever. The amount of books he has, the amount of sperm. But what he's eternally known for, more than anything else, is the f- establishment of this yeshiva, and the yeshiva system. The type of a yeshiva system that goes till today, today with tens of thousands of students, who really are, are brought up to be those students for Hashem. And that's the story now.